Welcome to Taking the Middle Seat, a podcast where we explore connection where you might not think it exists. I'm your host, Andrea, and I've always believed there is connection to be made when you sit next to someone and really take in their story. So every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking the middle seat and listening in on someone's story because I know that the middle seat holds healing and acceptance and laughter and community if we just stay open and remember that we belong to each other. I hope you listen in to each and every episode and that you'll find yourself moving in to hear the magic in the middle seat. This is episode eight of Taking the Middle Seat and today I'm interviewing Julius Height, the founder of Reset GR, an organization that seeks to, in Julius's word, wake up Grand Rapids to the racial and social injustices happening right here. He's been hosting events and doing all sorts of advocacy work to do just that, to reset and wake up Grand Rapids. He shares his story today about walking through the criminal justice system and how he educated himself on the disparities and inequities in that system. He is a man that loves this city and he loves it enough to raise his voice so that this city that I also live in, born and raised, can become a welcoming place for everyone, no matter your race. His words made me want to learn more, so I've gathered lots of links in the show notes for you to explore after you listen, so go check those out. There's a wealth of information there. This week, I'm also going to ask you to tell a friend about the podcast. If you love it, and I hope you do, please tell someone about it. Show them how to subscribe on iTunes or the other podcast platforms. Show them that magic purple button on their iPhone. Um, I talk about community all the time, so I want Taking the Middle Seat to be its own community of sorts. I think that we can make a great community of people who know that there is magic in connection and reaching outside of our boxes. Someday I might create an actual Taking the Middle Seat Facebook group or something like that, but for now, we can discuss episodes on the Taking the Middle Seat Facebook page, um, which obviously can be found on Facebook at Taking the Middle Seat. I share middle seat stuff there along with some random life stuff because I can't seem to figure out how to post my life Instagram post to my actual personal page, but whatever. Details so you get to see about my latest adventures, my kids' adventures. My husband and I are doing alphabet dating, which seems to be the cool thing. All the cool kids are doing it. and We went to Citizen Restaurant for our C date, and they have the rad, the most rad cocktails. You have to go and get the drink that comes in a parrot glass. I took a picture of it. It's up on the Facebook page. It's awesome. Next time I go, they have drink bowls, something called a drink bowl. I'm all in. It had a flame in the middle. That's really all I need to say. So um, check out Citizen Restaurant. I linked that in the show notes too, because you're all going to want to go. So enough cocktail talk. I mean, I could probably talk about that all day, but we should probably get to the interview, the important stuff, the good stuff with Julius Height. All right, today I am so, so, so excited and honored to have Mr. Julius Height on the podcast. Thank you for coming. You didn't know me from Hole in the Wall, and you just said yes, and I just makes me so happy. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm elated and honored just to be around. That's somebody that interviewed me, a little bit of me. Who would have thought? Yes, so I um, learned of you and your work at a screening of a documentary that everyone should watch called The 13th. Yes. And it's amazing, and you can find it on Netflix, right? Yes, So I it's am. like free and easy to find. Mm-hmm. Everyone should watch it. It's about the prison industrial complex and the history of that and the current state of it, and it's amazing. And you spoke before and after, and it. Um, I just knew from the minute you opened your mouth, I was like, yes, to come on my podcast. I didn't even have a podcast, and I knew I had to have you on. So thank you for coming. So we're going to start with kind of your story. So you run an organization that we will get into, mm-hmm. but... Um, Talk a little bit about who you are, a little bit about your story, and what led you to do the work that you're currently doing. Well, my name is Julius Height. I am 40 years old. I am a father of three boys, uh, 17, 15, and soon to be 11. You're in the thick Um, of it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, though. I love those guys. Uh, Cassius, Cassius Ofray, Julius Jr., and Daniel David. I love you guys. Um... Those guys are just, those are my life's, my lifelines. Um, they keep me in, in, in check and they keep me in, in order. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, born and raised in Grand Rapids. Um, I'm a church boy, mm-hmm. if you will. Okay. 
Um, born and raised in the church. Um, I was adopted. Um, my parents adopted me in 1977. Um, Were you an infant? Yeah, I okay. was a baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, they raised me. And um, you know, of course, I was, I was a pretty good kid. Played basketball. Played a couple of sports since, since high school. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, went to school. Went to an HBCU, Jackson State University. Hashtag the I love. Um, <laughs> That's a historically black college or university for those that don't know what an HBCU is. <laughs> yes, JSU. <laughs> Just um, historically that black out college there. and university in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, the famous Walter Payton uh, is from our school, um, and that that is uh, he also he often would come back and teach uh, excellence and leadership courses and um, cool. humanitarian courses and just you know these were um, just courses that he would teach. Um, and they were free of charge to us. Um, we just had an opportunity just to be around greatness, and I, I really appreciated those uh, those times. Yeah. Um, how I got started um, with the organization is um, I got involved in the criminal justice system a little early. I got involved in 1997. Um, I was with a few people, and um, they committed an, uh, an unarmed robbery, a strong arm robbery, and I happened to be with them. Okay. Um, being and being with them carried the same amount of time as me actually doing okay. the robbery. Yeah. So um, although I did not participate, and I, I just happened, I was there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's called a floater, and I could have gotten 15 years in prison. Um, but because of my no record, um, my good kid, I was a good kid at the time. I was only 19 and was headed on the way, headed my, on my way to school. Mm -hmm. They gave me six months. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I get out of that, no probation, no anything. They just gave me six months county jail time, time served. But little did I know that there was a felony on my record, uh, and it's a stain. It was a stain. Gotcha. Um, and then I just kept piling up misdemeanors, just little small things. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, three years ago, um, I hit rock bottom, and I began to uh, – um, commit re retail fraud. Okay. Um, after your third one is a, is a felony, and uh, you know because I had prior felonies, yeah. Um, those became what they call subs, and um, subsequently I ended up getting the right judge, or whether it is the wrong judge. Uh huh. And uh, this person decided to go against the grain instead of just sentencing me to county time. He decided to send me to prison. Um, oh geez. For just a year. Okay. Um. And while they're in prison, I started to see that hey, this this mass incarceration thing was was a was a thing. And the first person that I heard it from was a um, warden at quarantine, and he said, you know, hey, this is just a prime example of uh, of, of, of mass incarceration. Why are you here for um, retail fraud? Mm -hmm. I said, hey, listen, I'm just doing what I was told. Um, I no longer have any jurisdiction over myself, so therefore mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just here. He said, "Yeah, I know, but it makes me sick." The, you know, uh, he reads the guidelines, he reads the the everything, and he says, "Hey, you know, we re they recommended county time. Why did he go over the recommendation? It just doesn't make sense to me." And um, after that, I just started reading, mm -hmm. and um, I started seeing the statistics. I started seeing what was going on in the news. Started paying attention to news articles and just. I, just, I said, wow, this is crazy. And so one day on my bed, I just started writing out a program, mm -hmm. what I thought that could help. Mm -hmm. um, while you were still in prison? While I was still in prison. Okay. Um, and I came home and I did not know how to, you know, who to connect with, how to get started. So it took me mm -hmm. a year before I really uh, understood anything. And what really forced me to do it even more and become more passionate about it is because I filled out 173 job applications my, my first year home and um, was not able to land a job. Mm -hmm. um, then I did land a job finally. And um, when I landed the job, the job was so disrespectful. Um, I was a dishwasher. Um, I won't name the company. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I was a dishwasher at this company. And... Um, as a dishwasher, it's probably one of the lower jobs on the totem pole, mm -hmm. and I just, I just, I just wanted some money to prove to myself, hey, I, I need to get some money. Um, at, at that time, child support was, was, you know, was that's another part of the criminal justice system that a lot of people don't know about. They criminalize yeah. you for that. Hey, because you cannot pay, we're gonna put you in, we're gonna lock you up. Yeah. Um, and then you come out and you still can't pay. <laughs> so 
uh, it, there's this crazy. But anyway, um, it just got the dishwasher job was so disrespectful. Um, and when I expressed my feelings of disrespect, it was met with opposition of mm -hmm. people wanting to fight. Um, and then I got called a racial epithet. Oh. And um, now, mind you, I'm still on parole. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, that was the first thing that came up. You hit me, you're on parole, I'm calling your agent. Uh-huh, sure. Um, so, um, they, ended up, they, they ended up calling my agent anyway. Oh. Um, it was so funny because... Um, when I talked to my agent, when I spoke to my agent, she said, oh, they called me that night. And I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, but I knew that there was nothing crazy, you know, going on. Mm -hmm. um, I said, well, she said, well, well, what about your job? Do you have a job? If you don't have a job, I got to violate you. I said, the moment that I left, I went and applied for another one and I got hired right away. So, and I did, I had to do that because had I not did that, mm -hmm. I would have been back in jail or whether it had been 10 days, yeah, I'd have had to go do 10 days. But nonetheless, I didn't want to go do 10 days. Right. Nobody wants to go to jail. No. So I went ahead, went ahead and got that job. And then I ended up quitting that job the next week. Um, and I started working um, with a, a guy. I love this guy, uh, Pastor Jerry Bishop of LifeQuest, LifeQuest Ministries, um, allowed me to come and do some odds and end works uh, around there. And um, that was another way that it, I just was around a lot of nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And then I was around another male that does it. Mm -hmm. And um, that just really, you know, I said, you know what? He's doing the work, but mm -hmm. it's only one of him. Right. You know, and every, he can't service everybody. Yeah. Um, if I can service somebody over here on this side, um, maybe that can take some of the pressure off of Jerry Bishop. Yeah. And so. Um, and you've walked. A, a particular path you've walked that path through the criminal justice system so you can speak exactly to that experience because I think a lot of times people will interact in nonprofit organizations with people that have never ever been where they've been and they can feel that of course they can it's a dehumanizing absolutely the whole thing is dehumanizing but it's dehumanizing to come out and then have to deal with people that haven't the foggiest idea right. what it was like <laughs> to sit in a jail cell and not yeah. have your I, have your whole self and identity and decision making taken away, mm -hmm. and you came out and said I can do this, and then you really did it. You you're doing it. It's amazing. So talk about your organization now, where things are at, what your where things are now, and then kind of the vision for future work. Well, where we are right now is um, we're at a standstill. We're still um, showing the 13th right now. We mm -hmm. took a break because we wanted to do something different mm -hmm. um, as opposed to showing that whole film, that whole film. it's The film is two hours long, mm -hmm. um, but we don't want to bore people with just the film. Um, so we, what we want to do is we're right now, we're condensing the film into a um, PowerPoint presentation, okay. if you will. And so we'll host uh, somewhat of a screening, mm -hmm. if you will. But um, in between that time, we'll be able to talk about certain aspects or certain highlights, certain points mm -hmm. that uh, specifically pertain to right here in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where I think that's what uh, we're trying to do right now, because I think a lot of people don't understand that there is a mass incarceration problem here in Grand Rapids. Um, over 46% of the King County, uh, King County Correctional Facility is African American. Um, and we only Easy. make up 10 to 15% of Grand Rapids' population. Yeah. Um, then there's another uh, chart, uh, there's another graph that shows the, uh, Caucasian Americans at 41%, African Americans at like 38, 39%. Number two, that's the number one that's still problematic because you're still, you know, criminalizing right. this population uh, uh, just as much as you're criminalizing this population. But that number should be high anyway, because that they make up the majority of right. this city's population. Um, so we're talking about that. Now we're, we're putting together an initiative and we're going to try and present that to the city. Um, an initiative to help us to help those people that are that are coming home um, and presented to say, hey, um, 
this is what we need. You want to know what's needed. This is what the, this is what is needed. Give us two to three houses or give us some property. Give us some commercial mm-hmm. space so that we can help this community be inclusive, really inclusive. We're just tired. I'm tired of seeing saying that, hey, we're inclusive on paper. But when, right. you know, when we look out here, is it when you really look at the numbers, we're really not inclusive. Right. Um, so um, our job is right now is not just necessarily working with felons, but we were talking about the inclusiveness of our community, mm-hmm. and which inclusiveness means including those that came home from prison. Yes, um, we're, we're we're roughly excluded. Um, I think a lot of people, and I think in, in the in the documentary it says the same thing too. When you are labeled a felon, the Jim Crow laws actually come right back into play. Mm-hmm. Um, those same exact laws that were supposedly abolished yeah. um, when you have been labeled a felon, um, they come back into play. You cannot live in certain places. You cannot work at certain places. You can only earn so much money. You can't go back to school if you have certain charges. Um, there's other. There's all kinds of things. Um, the future of our of, of, of reset um, is to um, as I say, as I stated before, to own a few properties to that we can start putting people in houses um, when they come home. But not only just put them in houses, but get them permanent housing. Yes. Uh, as far as uh, home ownership, uh, um, business ownership, uh, entrepreneurship. If you cannot uh, obtain a nine to five job, we're going to teach you how to own your own business. We're going to teach you how to open up businesses. And this is what we'll be teaming up with Jamil Robinson and Grab, uh, which is the Grand Rapids Area Business Bureau. Uh, business bureau if you will Mm -hmm. um we want to uh connect with these people and and this is how we can bring some 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 uh economic equity if you will yeah to uh grand rapids i'm not sure if you know the numbers or not but the average african-american here in grand rapids only makes twenty five thousand dollars a year um as opposed to which is ten thousand dollars under the national a deficit, uh, national number, which is $35,000, mm-hmm. um, whereas our counterparts, the Caucasian American, makes $59,940 mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. Um, uh, and it's still growing. And even under the Trump tax proposal, it's mm-hmm. even growing a bigger gap. Sure. Um, so within the next five years, I don't know where the African American community will be here in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. And it just seems as though that um, the powers that be. Um, it's not on their high priority list, and so we're yeah. we're seeing a lot of our people move away. Um, and I just think that that we're playing right into their hands. They're yeah. saying that they want it to be inclusive, but you're not really providing inclusiveness. And you know, there's no one else saying things about it because there's other things that just going on behind the scenes. And we yeah. just want to reset Grand Rapids. Really, we want to we want to reset Grand Rapids, reset its foundation. Um, and really start to say that um, we're really inclusive and, 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 and not just, you know, lie about it on paper. Yeah, because I know people will um, point to those, um, oh, what do you call, rankings of, like, best place to live is Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it just makes my skin crawl because I, I know that it's not the best place to live for everybody. It's the best place to live for white people that specifically make a lot of money or maybe just any white people but um and it's just like but the leaders of you know the community i live in and then the greater grand rapids area just wear that stuff like a badge of honor and it's just infuriating because you go but yeah it's not the best it's not welcoming for everybody really 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 in reality well, we ask that question a lot. I'm, I'm, it's funny that you brought that up. We ask that question a lot when um, I think I, I spoke with a, a person from the experience. What is it? Experience GR. Mm-hmm. I think it's a um, internet magazine. Yeah. Um, and it was just saying that how great of a place that it is for growing up is to live. And I asked the question for who. Um, and this person wanted to meet. And I said, okay, sure. When I met when I met with this person, I had some stats uh, for this person. I said, "Do you not know that um, in 2015, the USA Today ranked Grand Rapids as the fifth worst place for African Americans to live?" Um, by the way, did you know that in 2017, Forbes ranked Grand Rapids as number two worst place for African Americans to live? So we slipped, we slid from number five now to number two worst place for us to live and survive. 
Um, and this means not just because of and people when people think of race, race uh, racism and, and racial tension, they think of Ferguson. Or mm-hmm. They think of uh, um, uh, Chicago mm-hmm. or uh, Philadelphia or New York or uh, anywhere in the South. They think of they think of those things. Um, just because we don't use the N word does not mean that there's not any racism right. going on. Here in Grand Rapids is the most conservative town that you can be, and you can be in in the most conservative place that you could ever live. Mm-hmm. And there is an abundance of racism. All you have to do is look at a news eight thread when uh, uh, Latinos are marching in the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, all you have to do is watch that thread. If you watch that thread, you will see all type of racial epithets and and racial uh, motivated speech. Um, We are so silent with it. Mm -hmm. Um, We have restaurants that promote uh, police brutality. Mm -hmm. Um, We have restaurant owners that do such a thing. Um, Yet none of the people are speaking on it. The media isn't speaking on it. Um, I'm not even interested. I'm not even sure why they're not. so when you, it was just funny that you talk about uh, Grab. Oh, Grab is the greatest place to live, and mm-hmm. I love my city. I do. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I don't think I would rather live anywhere else. A lot of my friends are from big cities, and mm-hmm. they tell me ty- all types of horror, sto- horror stories. And I don't have that experience. Yeah, I don't have that. Ex- I didn't have that experience here. Have I seen some things? Yeah, I've seen some things, but. Not on the level as some of my friends from when I went to school with um, that they've had to see. And, 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 and even some of the things that my friends here had to see mm-hmm. just never had that issue. Um, but we, we, we just because I didn't have that experience doesn't mean that experience doesn't exist. Right. And so, um, like I said, this is what Reset is all about. We want to launch our we're trying to launch a radio station, Internet radio station where we can start bringing some of these issues to light. Um, and we can start putting them out on the forefront and be able to give uh, those people with a, uh, those people that have passion and um, we want to give them a voice. Yeah. Let's yeah. vocalize this thing um, and, and let's talk about it. Let's come to the table and talk about it as opposed to complaining to each other. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm born and raised in Grand Rapids as well. Okay. Um, so it's just interesting to me that like I, not that I'm like this like amazing human but like I chose to put this on my radar I chose Mm -hmm. to put you know racial inequity or whatever you want to call it um Mm -hmm. diversity inclusion stuff on my radar I have that choice Mm -hmm. um because I'm assuming most of my listeners know I'm a Caucasian woman um (laughs) but what I want for at least part of the goal of this podcast is for people to make that choice to Put it on their radar. Don't be like, oh, it's so overwhelming. And it's just, there's just so much to do. And I just don't, I can't possibly make a dent in any issue that has to do with race because I just, oh, it's so hard. Like, just do something. Do something. I mean, you're going to feel overwhelmed and inadequate and doing the wrong thing. And just in inviting you to be on the podcast, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say because I'm just totally ill-equipped uninformed i'm just i'm just trying to like lift a little ice cube of the iceberg of the work that there is to do but still just do something and so i hope that your words reach out and grab the people that have lived here their whole lives just like us Mm -hmm. and say you if you're a white person please choose to make this something that's on your radar please and continue to choose it because we have that luxury that lots of people don't have well, we need white allies. We need we, we need you guys as allies. You know, yeah. we're all a part of the human race. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's unfortunate that um, some of the horror or some of the horrendous um, uh, pastimes have been passed down from generation to generation. For sure. Um, I do believe that we did not address. Uh, the uh, the country had not addressed racism as a whole, and um, what you don't address, you're bound to repeat. Right. Um, and we're just repeating this cycle. We see Starbucks. Yeah. Um, we see L.A. Fitness, um, uh, the Waffle House. Yeah. Um, we're just seeing all types of we're just seeing all types of things. Even even here uh, in Grand Rapids, uh, what is that? Um, there uh, uh, there's a, a bar downtown, um, the Bob. 
um, the Bob has had some some some, some complaints. Uh, there was one time they kept switching up the dress code. One moment, uh, yeah, you, you you need to have your uh, you need to have a button up shirt. Um, no t shirts, no hats, um, mm-hmm. no jeans, um, and then you need to have a button up shirt and no gym shoes. Okay, so we do all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Now you need to tuck your shirt in. Uh-huh. Okay, so now you're telling us, you know. Now you're going to the to the preppy style now. So uh-huh. now, so so we we knew then we knew the first two times when you changed it. Now we now you're telling us this, and you know, of course they have good lawyers where they can talk their way out of it and say, mm-hmm. no, this is not what it is. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is because you can hear the bouncers at the door pretty much saying, no, don't let that guy in. Yeah. He looks too he looks too ghetto or right. he looks too dangerous. So he looks threatening. Yes. Uh, so don't let him in. Um, Gardellas, I believe that's what it, that's what the okay, next that's yeah. what that, uh, that that other incident was where they caught it on on video, and I'm not even sure if they even finished uh, the uh, the, dis- the disposition for that uh, mm-hmm. for that situation. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if they even did that, um, but we need to we need to start talking about this stuff. Um, be, and 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 um, you know, I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable." Good. Mm-hmm. Right. Welcome to my world. Right. <laughs> right. You're every second of every day. Yes. Welcome to my world. Um, um, driving to East Grand Rapids. Are, are we? <laughs> it's a rumor. Uh, don't it's go true. to East Grand Rapids. No, come on. Don't go to it. Well, I mean, we, you know, some of us don't. Some people don't know. Some people think it is a rumor. Some yeah. people don't believe that it's true. For us, it's true. Yes. Uh, we can't drive through East Grand Rapids. You know, everything better be tip-top shape condition before you drive through East Grand Rapids. And even if you are driving through East Grand Rapids it, and, and you're in tip-top, everything is A-OK, you still might get pulled over. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, we it's just a reality. We, we've got to we've got to we've got to do better. We've got to listen to the stories and we've got to understand the stories. Um, I just watched a beautiful documentary last night on Meat Mill um, on Dateline. Okay, um, they had a ran that story and um, uh, Meat Mill and the owner, billionaire owner of the 76ers, said something that made a lot of sense. Um, black people live in a whole different America than or minorities. Period. Mm-hmm. I won't even just say black people. Minorities live in a different America mm-hmm. than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they start saying "home of the free, land of the free, home of the brave," okay, when were we free? Yeah, yeah. Are we free now? Um, my father said something to me, and uh, he said, "Son, um, you're the only one in this family that was born." completely free mm-hmm. I said what you mean he said you got the right to you were born with the right to vote mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know 54 years ago um, African Americans literally just got their freedom in yeah. 1964 1965 um, the, uh, the right to vote the Civil Rights Act and then um, uh, the right to vote in 1965 um, it was supposed to have been in 1800s that we were supposed to get this. Mm-hmm. And this is how we keep saying, that this is why people say, well, why don't you trust the system? Trust the system. Well, the, the system and the government has lied to us from day one. Sure. So why would you trust the, would, would you trust a liar? So to mm-hmm. us, the government is, is, a, is a liar to us. Right. Um, and so, and we keep hearing this stuff that Trump is saying, and we're like, dude, this isn't good, dude. I mean, I know we've had racist presidents before, but dude, are we going backwards? Are, you know, what's what, what? Are you serious right now? Yeah. Um. And so you know, we have the conservatives. You know, I had one guy. He says, "Uh, you know, why don't you shut? Why don't you shut your begging lips up? Uh, Trump is making the economy better for everybody." Oh, please. And I said, oh, "Okay." I said, "Um, have you seen my checks, though?" Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'd like to see how you know this is yeah. great for everybody, yeah. you know. Um, and he just started going off, and I don't mind listening to people. I'll sit and listen all day, and I'll just ask the question after they're done. I said, "Okay, excuse me. I just I need to ask. Can you answer me one question? Mm-hmm. 
make America great again. Okay, when was America great? And mm-hmm. for whom was it great? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what made it great? At the cost of who was it great? Yeah, um, he says, well, the 50s. I said, I knew that was the era that you all were talking about. So what was what was happening in the 50s, sir? What was happening? I think Jim Crow was in full effect in the 50s. Matter of fact, the Civil Rights Movement didn't start until 1955. And it didn't get traction until 1958. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> when was it great? Mm-hmm. Was it great for was it great for people that look like me? Because you know, I you know, I just want to know when it was great. Yeah. And um he just he really couldn't, you know, no Trump supporter can tell me when America was great. Uh, and whom was it great for? Yeah. Um, then they'll scream about the Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, oh, he's disrespecting the flag. I said, okay, well, if they, if you want to bring that argument, that's not, that's great. So, what about my grandfather who fought in World War World War Two, um, and he came home and he couldn't vote. Mm-hmm. But this is called Land of the Free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what he went to fight for this country mm-hmm. and came home and still wasn't free. Mm-hmm. When was it free? When? 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 How? So if we disrespect the flag, I think the flag was disrespecting us. Hmm. So yes. when he kneels and protests in silent protest, actually he's showing respect to the flag. <laughs> really, yes. he's showing respect. But when he kneels, it's more or less of I can't give my whole allegiance to this until you give me some allegiance. Right. Until you give me something, give me what we deserve. We're not begging. We're saying we're not begging. We're taking give it to me yeah or or else and i just think that they you know we're the we're, we're the generation we're gonna take we're not our great grand we're not our great grandparents or our grandparents or our parents um I, i'm not you know i'm you know um i'm not a mean guy but i'm just for no nonsense if i see some stuff that's not supposed to be going on right i'm like hey <laughs> hold on no, don't do that. Yeah, we we we, we not gonna have <laughs> we not gonna have that. Not while I'm around. No, no, you're not gonna talk to no. You're not gonna talk to this sister like this. Not while I'm around. You're not gonna you're not gonna do that. You know, um, and I think a lot of a, a lot of aggressive alpha men that are that are, are happen to be Caucasian when they see a, a black woman by herself, uh, they begin to you know want to poke their chest out a little bit and say some 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 stuff. Uh huh. Um, but if we step in and say something, now we're being too aggressive. No, sure. you you gonna stop talking to her like that. Hey, sister, are you okay? You, you, you know, um, and I'm getting to that point to where I'm just not gonna let any of that slide. I had I had to do that with my girlfriend. We were walking in a grocery store, and you know, this guy he she was trying to move, and he just kept beelining for her. And um, oh he got real close. I said, hey. Had you hit her, I can't say what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Had you hit her, I don't care if you would have bumped her just slightly. Mm-hmm. I probably would have bumped you, and it might we would have been we would have been bumping out here in this parking lot. I, you know, you got all that room over there. You could have moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds petty, but I I know how petty some people can be. And, and and these are things that we like I said black people just have to kind of do every day because if we if yeah. and, and if and sometimes we just have to learn to be quiet and take it you know because if we don't then the police is the police becomes involved and it blows up out of yeah. proportion and once again we're, we're we're the aggressors we're always the aggressors right. in, yeah. in, in whatever situation it is and so as I said I just want to reset just to reset yeah. this city um we love this city. We, we we want we love this country. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know any other country. I don't know Africa. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Africa is not a country. It's a continent. I don't know South Africa. I don't know uh, Zimbabwe. I don't know any of those countries. Mm-hmm. I don't know any. I don't, I don't know that culture over there. Yeah. All I know is the culture here. This is where I was raised. And I'm an American citizen. I have a social security number, right? So I'm a citizen, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So then I should have the same rights as to go into a restaurant. We're not in the 50s and 60s anymore. But mm-hmm. when you made that MAGA hat, Make America Great Again, and you began, You made that slogan. Now that opened up, and, and it opened up some doors for some some people that to to be in that comfort zone. And, yeah. Um, yep. We just don't want to have that here. We see it here. Uh, we see it rearing its ugly head. Yeah. But um, we 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 need to band together, and 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 uh, uh, I don't care what color creed you are. Um, join us in this fight. Um, because if you want your city to be inclusive, yep. um, then we need to really be inclusive. You don't want it to turn into a Ferguson, then we need to start talking to the police union yeah. and start saying that there was no reason for that little girl to be handcuffed. There was no reason for those little boys to have the guns pulled out on them yep. at all. You don't know those little boys. Those little boys are traumatized for the rest of their lives. Yep. Now, do we have little boys that are carrying guns? Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do, but if we had polices in those communities uh, that lived in those communities, um, and, and if you don't live in those communities, you're in that community every day. You yeah. spend your time in that specific community every day. We need polices to start coaching baseball teams, football teams, hockey yes. teams. Um, bring something different. The stuff that you guys have out here in Cascade and Ada, yep. bring it into the urban cities, into the inner city, yeah. so we can all have these same benefits. If we don't have these same benefits, you're gonna see, you're gonna see stuff at Forest like you've seen at Forest Hills. You're gonna yep. see that stuff. You're gonna have Forest Hills come to Ottawa with the Trump signs and the insensitive <laughs> flags, uh, yep. st- you know, stating that it was just a joke or we're only. Uh, uh, public, uh, politicizing or, or, or using our sp- free speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you knew what you were doing when you were coming down here with that stuff. You knew that was going to ignite something. You knew that was going to start a storm. So why would you come down here with that? If that's your political belief, great. Mm-hmm. Fine. You, you're, you're, you're entitled to that. But if you know that it's going to be insensitive, then don't come down to uh, a place where it's not, where it can turn into a hostile environment yeah. with your beliefs, and that's that's just common sense. I just don't yeah. think that a lot of Grand Rapids um, has that same respect for other people yeah. uh, as they do for themselves. There's only four families that run this city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We know what cities those. Yeah. We know what we know what what families those are. Yeah. Um, and have they done great work? They have. Yeah. They have. The but we need a reset. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, um, we still need that reset, though. Yeah. That reset needs to, to, to happen. It's a different generation. These kids that are coming up, they're not taking no for an answer. Yeah. Um, and we need to train them up so that they don't make any mistakes and, and, and get themselves into any more trouble until the criminal justice fix system is... I don't see it being fixed in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that we can we can mend and bend. Excuse we can me, come words. around it. I think, and I think Hopefully. so. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. Um, we have to educate. I'm still educating myself. I'm still learning as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm learning the shortcuts that my 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 white friends can take. But if I try to take that shortcut, that ain't going to look too good for me. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get the same turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we have, like I said, we have to learn to, to use our allies. And this is where we, where we where, um, with Reset, we say, hey, we love y'all. Mm-hmm. But use your white privilege. Yes. Use yes. it. Use it. I mean, if you can, you know, if you can. I, I had one person. Uh, let me figure out how I'm going to say this without blasting anybody. I love it. I had one person. I went to a, a specific organization and I said, hey, I wanted to use your uh, facility for a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. He said, "Do you, he, this person said, are you a 501c3? And I said, no, not yet. We're raising money to do that. He said, oh, I only work with 501c3s. And I said, okay. Okay. Um, 
well, let's see if I can team up with another 501c3 to, um, you know, uh, to have a fundraiser and then they can, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, we split the fund, we split the money right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were getting ready to do that. And um, I ran into a specific person. This person said that she called this organization and they did not have to pay a deposit. They were not a 501c3. Huh. Um, and uh, they could just pay that day that they would come at the day of the event. Uh-huh. Um, this person was so livid because she wanted to work with Reset and she worked with Reset from time to time. She was so livid. She mm-hmm. wanted to call this place. I said, nope. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's our trump card. Mm-hmm. Put it in your back pocket. When we want to have a fundraiser and they say no, and I come back out to the car, go right in and say, you told me that I could do this without this, but this is my friend and I work with this organization and he told me that he can't do that. Mm-hmm. Now, either you let us do that or we're going to go to the media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. Which one would you right. rather do? <laughs> what would you rather do? Yeah. Um, I even told him that, hey, what if we paid you the money to rent out your facility? You already got your money. And we'll even give you 10% of the of the fundraising pro, uh, proceeds for allowing us to raise the money mm-hmm. here at, 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 your, or at your facility. Nah, that wouldn't work for me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you just really just don't want me in there. Mm-hmm. Well, is it open to the public? Yeah. It's open mm-hmm. to the public. Yeah, it is. Oh. Well. Nah, I'm still going to do it there. Man. Okay. So it's the subtle yep. things. Um, and how do we, how, you say, well, people say, well, how is this pertaining to criminal justice? Uh, well, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, right before I got sentenced, um, I saw a white guy. He had eight felonies and 13 misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. I have three felonies and 11 misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. He gave that guy five years probation and gave me a year in prison. Mm-hmm. This man is a known drug user drug abuser, been in in and out of rehab, stealing, retail fraud, um, all types of stuff. Mm -hmm. But he gets probation and I get prison. Mm -hmm. I have a better, I have a worse record than he does. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff happens daily. All the time. All the time. You're not a unicorn. Yeah, I'm not Meek Mill. Mm Mm-mm. I don't have the, I'm not rich. I don't have the resources. I don't have the connections that he has. Mm -hmm. So, and maybe he didn't think that those people were even going to, even, even as a millionaire or Mm -hmm. even as a guy that, that has, that's well off. He didn't know that these people, you still need some people to come and speak for you. He Mm -hmm. didn't know that that was going to happen. He could have been just left in there. Yeah. Um, so what about all these millions of meek meals that are in the system. What are we going to do about those? What are we going to do about these dirty cops putting, planting evidence? What about what are we going to do about these cops lying in police reports? And they do it every day, all day long. Black people are stopped on a regular basis more than any other uh, motor view, motor uh, motorist on the road mm-hmm. today. Um, and we just want to know why. <laughs> When we ask the question why, the data is here. You guys, and people ask for data, and we get the data. They look at it. They see it. And then we ask the question. Now there's an uproar. Yeah. Why? Why? What, what did we say? We, we didn't do this. You yeah. did this. No, you decided to take up the space and the voices that you should take up. And they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy there, fact guy. <laughs> Easy with the numbers. <laughs> You're killing me. You're yeah. killing me. You're killing me, Petey. You're killing me. You're killing me. And I mean, 
And, and, and when they say you're killing me, I'm no, you're killing me. Yeah, literally. You, you, you're, literally, killing you're killing me. me. Yeah. You're killing any any opportunity that I may have to grow. You're killing any opportunity that for my kids. Um, but here's the killer part. Here's what kills me every time. This is a Christian town. Mm-hmm. I see churches everywhere. What are you learning in your church? What are they teaching you in your church? Mm-hmm. What are, are they teaching the Bible or? And if they are, what Bible are they teaching from? Mm-hmm. Because obviously we're not teaching. We're not teaching from the same Bible because your actions are totally different from mine. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out what it is that you have going on differently, or what are you doing differently? Um, are you teaching? Are we teaching wrong, or or what? Because I just I don't see. I don't see equal, and and I just yeah. we, we you know I, throughout the country we haven't seen equal. But I'm not I'm not necessarily just worried about the country. I'm worried about my city. Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Uh, the Grimes Public Schools are starting to suck. Something terrible. We're closing them down. Mm-hmm. City League of the City League Legacy Sports is gone. Um, I can't even go and enjoy a good city league rivalry between mm-hmm. Ottawa and Central anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's just Ottawa and Union. I can't go or Creston and Ottawa. I can't. I can't go to those games. Those. Those. They're. 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 They're non-existent. I can only relive them in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, shoot, Christian's not shut down. West Catholic's not shut down. Catholic Central's not shut down. But granted, those are private schools. And yeah. DeVos has had a has had a hand in those as well. Um, I don't know how the heck that she became and appointed in that position, and there was so much uproar. And I just hope this guy is impeached. I hope his whole administration is impeached. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, you and me both, Julius. Ooh, but until then, until that day, we're fighting. You are fighting. That's for sure. We're and fighting. we want to. I want to encourage people to fight along with you, get involved, the whole shebang. And I'm going to link, we'll talk afterward about which, where is the best place to send people to link up with you and what, how, what's the most helpful thing, just advocating or funds or all of the above or whatever. So I'll link all that in the show notes. I tend to ask um, people the same three questions. Mm -hmm. Can I shoot you those? Sure. Okay. So they can be as short or as deep as you want to go. But the first one is, what is, um, or is there a place where you feel, you yourself feel genuinely heard and seen? Like, what is your safe space? Do you, Or do you have one? I have a safe space. Um, it's the stage. Yeah? Because you're stage. a musician, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's the stage. I'm a singer slash musician. Um, shout out to Bear Rock. What's up, guys? Uh, Bear Rock is a band um, uh, consists of Camille, um, drummer Orlando, Mel V. Mallory of the Mel V. Collective, and Rodney Rhythm Rhodes. Um, those guys are phenomenal. I love their style. They've worked with almost any and everybody in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get a chance to to work with them vocally. And um, we just did an event for Art Prize, April cool. the 12th. Cool. Um, quite sure there's going to be some other events coming up, but I'm that's my safe spot, the stage. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Um, I love to sing when I'm there. I just feel like I'm at home. Yeah. Um, I can release any emotion. If I'm mad, if I'm angry, I can find a song that 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 um, projects that. If I'm sad, I can find a song that can project that. If I'm just frustrated, you know, everything. Music is a universal language, and you know, you don't have to. I don't have. You you don't have to be able to look at me and tell that I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want you to know that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I just want you to know that I have a poker face and, um, when I get on stage, I'll let you know mm-hmm. right? <laughs> what it is I'm feeling there. But, but yeah. it's clear you have an outlet because mm-hmm. I mean, your work is hard, your is. work and your day to day is hard. And so of course you have some kind of outlet and that's <laughs> awesome. Um, second question mm-hmm. is what, and we've sort of talked about this, but what is like, a way that people can create more genuine connection, either one-on-one or in their community or however big or small you want to take that. Um, 
I would say do research. Yeah, learn. Um, do research. Um, we're gonna have more. Um, we're gonna have more screenings of more documentaries that speak to this mm-hmm. and speak to the plight of, of of what's going on here in in, in Grand Rapids. Um, but when you when when those activities and events are available, um, try and make yourself available to to learn uh, some of it. Um, if you if you do not have the opportunity to do so, um, there is a book that I recommend that everybody read. Um, and I've been reading it uh, for the longest. Um, it's called The New Jim Crow by mm-hmm. Michelle Alexander. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it is a book club. It, it, there's going to be a book club. I'm going to start a book club here um, relatively soon, probably in June after we launch our internet radio station. We're going to do start a book club so that we can um, talk about these. We're going to read the book together and talk about these issues and have some other um, events uh, 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 um, centered around uh, that that book uh, to do so. So yeah, if, if if we're able to do that, if you're able to 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 um, um, research and study, but also ask questions, mm-hmm. um, get out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. um, and 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 talk to somebody black, talk to somebody Latino, talk to somebody that's Native American, someone that doesn't look like you. Black people, we need to do the same thing. We need to talk to. Latino Americans and Native Americans, we need to step out of our comfort zone because we'll understand that they have the same type mm-hmm. of struggles that we do, um, and then we're, we're stronger together than we are apart. So yeah. um, that's what I would say to to, to people that that, um, that that needs to know. I love it, love it. Out of your comfort zone and learn and research and read, 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 read. Um, last question. This is kind of a fluffy one, but I love it. Um, so just favorite things. Like, what makes you happy? I feel like people connect over favorite things. So, what are you uh, loving? My like, kids. Your kids, yeah. My kids. I'm so proud of my kids. Um, my kids is my happy place, too. Um, my kids, music, um, sports. So what sports are you into? Oh, man, basketball. I love football. Like professional basketball and football or college or both? Both. Okay. Both. The this whole year, I'm, we're, uh, you know what? The funny thing is you're getting into some of my show topics here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, which is fine because I, I would love for people to, to, to listen. We're going to talk about um, are we going to boycott the NFL this year again? Are we going to not watch the NFL again? Um, Colin Kaepernick still hasn't gotten the job. Now they're extending it. Eric Reed. Uh, who also was protesting with him? He does not have a job mm-hmm. uh, right now, as we speak. So, are we going to protest the NFL this year? Um, it, yeah. It's it's up in the air for me. I don't know what we're going to do here. I want to see how this plays out. I want to see what they're going to do as the season, as as the summer progresses, as we get closer to the season, we'll start seeing what's going on. And I guess I'll make my decision there. So, yeah, um, yeah sports is definitely my 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 uh, my 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 place, and uh-huh. I can't. I haven't been in a while. But I love I love going to church. Yeah, I love church. I love God with all my heart. Um, but I, you know, born and raised in the church that I was born and raised in, it's just I miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, at home with my girlfriend, sometimes <laughs> I just act like we're playing church, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Boy, you you play too much. <laughs> you need to go to church because you ain't been in a while. It just seems like you miss it. Stop playing. Stop playing with the Lord uh-huh. and go to church." <laughs> um, and I'm like, "Yeah, I do need to go." Um, but those are my happy places. Yeah. Those are the places where I'm, I'm most comfortable. Um, you can catch me. You can catch me at church probably almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> I might stop in the church just to say hi, just, yeah. you know, because I haven't been. Uh, um, but yeah, music. I'm engulfed in music. Um, music every day. That my phone is full of music. That's probably why it's toe up as it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> because all I do is listen to music every day, all day. I'm I'm in love with music. Um every genre. Um I'm starting to even like country. Yeah. Um now. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I would, but I'm mm-hmm. starting to understand it. And um I'm even starting to respect um hard rock, alternative uh-huh. rock. I'm starting to understand that and and and, and um it's music is just it's transcendable. Yeah. Um very cool. I'm I'm just elated that I happen to get the gift of music. Mm-hmm. Um and I can be able to give my gift and share my story through music. So um I'm excited about it. Well, I adored this conversation. So it did just, 
Thank you. I'm so, so happy you came and grateful you took me up on my request. Absolutely. I know for sure that you are willing to connect with almost anybody. So I, yes. <laughs> I love that yes. about you. Yes. Um, so like I said, I'll link all your stuff and where to find you in the show notes. And just thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. If you guys want to look at us again, you guys want to uh, look us up. We're at Reset GR on um, Facebook. Um, you want to connect with me, heightjoyous at, at gmail.com or heightjoyous at icloud.com. And um, height is H-I-G-H-T. Yes, ma'am. Um, we do have a website, www.resetfoundationgr.org. Um, you can look on our website. There should be some events we have to update. So give us about a week so we can update the events. There are 20 events coming up within the next three months. So um, <laughs> look out for us from screenings to um, raffles to rallies to uh, rock the vote. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of that. Voting is definitely important this year. Um, and we're going to have a Know Your Rights rally as well so that these people can know what their rights are that are coming home from prison. Can you vote in this election? Um, can you not vote in this election? So forth and so forth. Got it. Awesome. I love it all. I'm going to say, right? I loved that. I say it every time, but I loved it. This interview was literally my dream for this podcast before I knew I would have an actual podcast. I remember sitting in the audience of the 13th documentary screening at Wealthy Theater where Julia spoke and thinking, this is the kind of conversation I want I mentioned before that I am a textbook introvert, so reaching out to people I don't know to come on my podcast is not really a superpower I knew I have, but for whatever reason, this podcast gig has given me some courage to reach out, and I'm real freaking happy about it. It forces me to get out of my bubble and learn things that I need to learn and confront things that I need to confront. I um, mentioned in the intro that I've linked some of the news stories that Julius mentioned in the show notes because I'll tell you real honestly, I did not know about several of them and I needed to confront the fact that I should know about them um, and I'm guessing I'm not alone. So those are all linked for you to learn more and educate yourself as I did. As I listened to Julia speak, I just kept thinking about how we're both 40, both raised in Grand Rapids, still live here, lived here all our lives, and yet have walked such different paths and what drove those differences and why don't I know more about the Juliuses of my city. The hard truth is because I haven't done the work to reach out to cross the deeply engraved cultural lines in this place that Julius and I both love. I think Julius is incredible and here's why. He came up with a plan to help others. He educated himself about the reality of the prison industrial complex and racial injustice all while living right smack dab in the middle of it. He is doing the work you guys. He is tireless. I am not kidding when I say he's tireless. He is passionate. He doesn't stop when roadblocks come up again and again. And he is more than willing to engage in conversations and discussions and work that has to be exhausting and difficult and not easy. And he shows up with a smile and humor and knowledge that is just invaluable. I hope you heard him when he spoke about all the barriers that come up for people exiting the criminal justice system, like getting a job and finding permanent housing, encountering discrimination, not knowing your rights, so many things, and I'd love to see Reset GR address these issues in a comprehensive way. So let's get behind him and Reset. Julius has a GoFundMe page that I linked in the show notes. He's also looking for a donated computer or two or three. He does all of the coordination and emails and posts and everything from his phone, and I'm telling you guys, it's not a new phone. So he does some incredible things via that one little phone that you could really use a computer or two or three. So if you have one to donate or you want to connect with him about that or collaboration, 
You can reach him directly right at heightjulius at gmail.com. And height, like I said, is H-I-G-H-T. Look for all the events and future happenings of Reset GR on their Facebook page. I am so looking forward to that book club he mentioned um, and also the future radio station. I think all that is going to be rad. So many things are just going to come, great things to come for Julius and Reset. I'm sure of it. Thank you for listening again. I love it. You can find me on the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Um, and Facebook is at Faith in the Middle Seat. Instagram, Andrea Beck Lunsfeld. And I'll be back very soon with another episode of Taking the Middle Seat.